In this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon 500 Series, Ryzen 5, and the Kick-Butt EVGA 1080 Ti. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 21 Recorded on April 21st, 2017, I'm Gordon Maung with co-host Brad Charkas. Heyo. And reviews editor Elena Yee. Hey, everybody. And, of course, controlling the vertical and horizontal is Adam Patrick Murray. Hey, Gordon, I have a question. Uh, did you have a good vacation last week? Yeah, actually, I, I did, except there was no cell service. You know, because I, I, I use Verizon, which I... Yeah, I me was, too. I read that Verizon lost like 300,000 customers or something like that. 400,000, I think. No, Why? but they gained them back because of their unlimited plan. Oh. But uh, I'm a Verizon nice. customer because it works everywhere. It does actually mostly work everywhere, but we're on this island out in the Pacific, and there's no cell signal whatsoever. Except uh, there were some other people like, hey, my T-Mobile, I got three bars. Like, T-Mobile has <laughs> <laughs> three bars. <laughs> Why no am I paying all this for Verizon, right? They have no competition on that island. I guess so. Like they wanted the, like the squirrel population. Like John Laguerre's like, get the squirrels there, but but sir, they don't they don't have phones. Get it anyway. Yeah, it was crazy. So no, that sucked. Nice. No, well, good to have you back. No internet. No nothing. I did bring an AM FM shortwave radio though, just in case we went to war and we were nice. stranded on the island. But you know, nice. We didn't. So. In true, true. Did Gordon you bring fashion. a Swiss Army knife though? That's the question. What? Oh yeah, he's got like twenty-four different knives on him at yeah, any time. He had to. Had, there's so much gear. There's so much gear. It was, <laughs> he's prepared. It was, it was like uh, car camping, except actually making six trips to the. We took a ferry over, and then everybody had to carry like you know five thousand pounds of gear to the campsite. So it was really nice. And then the park service is like, oh, you can't bring folding, collapsing uh, carts. Can't do that. Weird. You can't, no four wheels. Oh, okay. And we get there and somebody has one. They're like, why do you, how, they said you could have that? He's like, yeah, they, they're like, oh, that's a cool idea. So yeah. <laughs> it's called, yeah, it's that called was discrimination, fun. Gordon. That was fun. That's, it's called discrimination. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And they had these, uh, it's the last thing. The, they warned us about the foxes. This is the Channel Islands, Santa Cruz Island specifically. They, they warned like these foxes, keep your stuff locked up. They will, if you leave your tent zipped low, they will stick their snouts in, open the zipper up. Oh. Go inside and eat any food in your tent if you have any. If not, they will mark it, which means they pee oh. all over your stuff because they want to mark it. Nice. But it turned out that actually these these foxes really were totally weak. They're like cartoon foxes. <gasps> they look like, you know, those animals, the alley cat with the, the tail with the Band-Aid. And the, <laughs> they were like, you could not, like one Oakland, one Oakland raccoon. Could take on like twenty five of these foxes. They're just like they're worthless. Specifically, Oakland. Oakland street raccoons. Oh, Oakland street raccoons are man. They're dangerous. <laughs> nice. They're nice. Everybody knows if you understand what I'm talking about. They also have budget video cards. And budget video cards. Yes, I'm going to see that. He's totally taking us off. Sorry. Let's talk about what you're here for. First up, now I, I'm going to. I, I got to say I've been testing other stuff, so I've not kept up on the reviews. But Brad, I understand this is a this is a new brand of of uh, AMD cards, and I've heard on Reddit. I read on Reddit. It's the Rebrandion or something. The Rebrandion 500 series. Uh, that's kind of rough. I mean, basically, it's not Vega, right? Already, uh, what? Just no, I saw the picture. It's going to be Vega. It's going to be Vega. How it started. Oh, almost got you. Radeon RX 500 series. So, 
for a large part, it is basically the same as the RX 400 series, but they get a little bit more performance and they use a lot more power. Right. So uh, AMD refreshed all its, its its lineup, its Polaris lineup this week uh, from the 580, 570, 560 and 550. The 550 is a brand new card. Uh, the 580, which I have one right here, Sapphire, Sapphire 580. Wow. Uh, uh, it is basically, you know, it gets three or four frames per second more than an overclocked. 480, but it uses a lot more power. Well, well of course, over, overclock. What about a stock 480? So, because certainly, well, I guess there are there reference are there I reference 500s? There are no reference 500 series cards, so I didn't feel it was fair to compare uh, reference 480 versus an overclocked 580. So I compared an overclocked MSI Gaming X 480 that I had against this. You know, two or three frames, four frames more per second. Not bad, little boost. Uh, same deal with the 570 little boost, right? They're pretty much the exact same cards, uh, which is kind of disappointing if you're waiting for Vega, waiting for new AMD cards, but they're still good enough to be the best in their price point, right? So that so, doesn't, it's still, that doesn't change your opinion. Cause I, I know you prefer the, the, the four, you have preferred the 480 as the sort of like mid range kind of budget card, right? I still do, and they actually uh, dropped the price of the 580, the starting price down another ten bucks, so it starts at 170 now. So I think that makes it a really wow. great option for 1080p gaming. I still think the four gigabyte uh, 580, sorry, I get numbers confused in my head, is uh, probably the best option for most people because it does so much. It could do everything the 480 did, just you know, a few frames faster. Right, so there's no reason to buy a 480 at this point unless you want a reference card or something. Actually, you should buy a 480 at this point, or you should buy a 470 at this point, because it pretty much is the exact same performance with less power. And at this point, if you can find any of them on sale, I mean, if you can save 30 or 40 bucks buying a 480 instead of a 580, do it. That's That was my bottom line of my reviews. The really interesting part about the RX 500 series, though, are the cheaper cards. Because let's start with the RX 560, which is replacing the RX 460. Uh, it's not coming out till early May, so it's another few weeks away. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, and the interesting thing there is that the RX 460 was never the full-fledged version of that graphics processor. It always had two compute units disabled. But the RX 560, in addition to an overclock, is enabling those final two. So... Hmm. There could very well be, very may well be a decent jump in performance there, enough to push it past the uh, Nvidia 1050. And, and the 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 560 is how? What's the what's that price in at? Starting at ninety nine dollars. Oh. For uh, the two gigabyte version, there will also be a four gigabyte version. Which with those low end cards, never buy the four gigabyte version because it's just a waste of money. Anything you're going to be able to do with them isn't going to use four gigabytes. So the um, just so the 580 is sort of like a 1080 1080p very high ultra card, right? Uh, I would say it's like screaming awesome, very high ultra 1080, but it also does pretty good 1440. Okay. I mean, you can hit high 1440 in a lot of games. Not, I wouldn't say universally, but it's a it's a really good 1440p card too. And, what a, what about uh, VR? What about VR? Did you test any VR with this stuff? 
Uh, I ran the Steam VR benchmark test. They're basically the same cards that they were before, just a little bit faster. So I didn't feel like it was worth going through extensively with them. Um, the 480, I would still say, is still the baseline for VR. So the 470, they're selling as a VR-ready card. And it very well might be, but I would spend that extra $30 just to be sure. Because if you get a card that doesn't hold up well in VR, you're going to puke all over the place. So <laughs> Yeah, and we've tried that. So the, And the, the 570 is, so if the, it sounds like the 580 is an ultra 1440, you know, somewhat 1440 to 1080p card. 570 is like a straight 1080p, very high to ultra then, I guess, in that one? Yeah. Yep. How does the 560 clock in? Because I'm, I'm wondering, because most people are running 1080p. You have to crank it down to medium uh, or very high at that point or high? Yeah, we haven't tested it yet. That one's not coming out oh. until May. But okay. the 460 did uh, medium settings at 1080p at okay. 60 frames per second. Or if you don't mind console quality frame rates, it could do ultra at 30 frames per second. Why are you looking so, at me no, for? Just, no, no. <laughs> no, that's good. It's a $100 card, your, right? If you those can really nice glasses. A $100 card. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, we cut over you, Brad. We were we were talking about Alina's really uh, nice. Class. You mean Gordon was just throwing shade? <laughs> just throwing shade. That's but, Gordon. So yeah, so but ninety nine bucks gets you a ten eighty p medium. That's not that ain't, that ain't bad. It sounds like. Yep. Or ultra, if you don't mind console frame rates, which a lot of people don't. That's not bad for you know double. <laughs> oh come figures. on, let's not. Not Gordon. Oh, you're trolling Gordon not, here. He's you know, you're just he's stabbing him in the heart up. with that. He's cramping up. Well, That's, what about the? Fi- oh, wow. This, this this is more interesting. This is a five fifty. Huh. This is half of a 460, basically. So a 460 has 16 compute units. Cut it in half, this has eight, right? So it's targeted very, very, very much so at esports players and at people who want to boost up a home theater PC right. with modern media codecs and stuff that you know. So this is cheap. This is 80 bucks. Uh it's a very interesting card. I loved it while I was testing it. I fell in love with it because I slipped it in there. I was playing League of Legends. I was playing Dota. I was playing CSGO. And I was easily clearing 100 frames per second at 1080p, which you definitely can't do with integrated graphics. And then AMD told me the price. Uh-oh. 80 bucks. Ooh. And 80 bucks is not an expensive graphics card. But when the RX 460 is 100 bucks, and this is half as powerful for yeah. 80 bucks it just makes that kind of hard to swallow if this was 70 bucks 60 bucks i'd be all over this it could have been something special but i think it's priced a little bit too high right now that, huh. yeah i mean that doesn't make any sense 80 dollars 20 more dollars gets you twice the performance well i mean in that budget range maybe they're trying to go after the people who are just shaving those dollars as best they can so they're like well if i can save 20 bucks then i'll save 20 bucks but you're yep. just super limited at that point hmm. Just, yeah, if you know, like, you're just going to use it to play Dota 2 all the time, or you're just going to slap it in a home theater PC, save the 20 bucks. Why not? But, I mean, it, that bare differential really cuts into its appeal for me. I was just, loving this card as I was testing it, and then I saw the price and shook my head a little bit. Is that, I mean, but that is that just simply MSRP? Can we expect street pricing to be $60? Because, man, it seems like to get that kind of performance for $60 is, is pretty nice. That's like seven, the original, you know. Sixty would be pretty part, sweet. You know. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome for sixty bucks. I'd hope so. This is a huge step up over integrated graphics if you're playing esports too. So it's a definitely worthwhile card if you're into that. Yeah, and I guess the idea is you slap that into any old POS box, right? Because right, it doesn't require external power, right? Yeah, that, although it it, so there the is no six pin on there. It, it's no, nope, uh, there's nothing not... on this. Uh, the first wave. Let me the... see. Okay. <laughs> the first wave right. of uh, 
RX 460 graphics cards, all of 550 graphics cards, all reuse 460 coolers, right? Because it's, you know, low end. So the first right. wave, they're just reusing what they already made. But there's already, I was just looking at it before the show started, XFX has announced low profile ultra thin cards for home theater PCs and whatnot and mini ITX machines. So there's going to be some really interesting form factor things going on with that soon. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I mean, for me, I like it. It's, it's a deal for 20 more bucks. I get twice performance, but that means you have to step up to a, probably a, at least a, well, a six pin, right? I mean, a six pin power connector. Uh, you don't power necessarily most. have to with a 460, with the 560 coming out now, and looking at the way power's increased from the 400 series to the 500 series, I wouldn't be surprised if the 560 needs a power connector. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so that's that could be a deal breaker for that people. That also changes the game a bit. Yeah. It's not just a price thing. Um, it's really interesting, I think, with uh, this generation, how... Uh, with the 400 series, AMD's big thing was, look, we're, you know, so much more power efficient, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're doing so good, you can power the 480 on a six-pin power connector, so on and so forth. And now with uh, – that was the big deal with the motherboard, with the uh, drawing too much power right. from six-pin connector, which AMD fixed right away. But I find it really interesting that this generation, uh, they're like, nope, screw that. You know, we're going to power this up as much as we can and get every bit of performance we can out of it. This Sapphire card – doesn't have a six pin power connector. It doesn't have an eight pin power connector. It has an eight pin plus a six pin power connector, which you never saw on any of the 480 boards. So, mm -hmm. wait. Oh, actually, Elena had a question. I did. I was going to ask uh, Brad something, but I think we should finish this first. <laughs> well, I, so wait, wait. That so that 580, that Sapphire 580 is eight plus eight plus six. Yes, the six pin they say is optional. I oh. didn't test it. it. But you're starting to see a lot more cards. I haven't seen. I have another. I have an Asus Strix that I also have to uh, review probably next week. Drowning in graphics cards, and it has an eight-pin power connector as well, which were those are pretty rare uh, with the initial 480s. So, I to me that's like, I mean, like a 1080 will run on a six-pin if I recall right. That's, I don't know. I'm, I, like, I think a, a reference, you know, slash Founders Edition 1080 is a, a single six pin. Well, I have an overclocked sure. GTX 1080 Ti here, which we'll get to later. Hmm. And it also uses an eight pin and a six Spoiler. pin. So. Right. But that is considerably more. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we don't want to get on to that yet, but let's <laughs> let, we're going to separate the we're well, going to keep separate so this, the green and the yeah, red here. This but. ties into my but, question, actually, Brad. So given that phenomenal in my opinion kind of jump in terms of power requirement are you getting anything more than just what you said three or four frames per second like nope. are there any other software no um i don't test with you know graphical compute i focus solely on pc gaming and it, across the board everything i tested it was oh, two no, I to meant, four frames per second sorry i meant like any like extra features that unlock when you go up to the 500 series like nope nope they uh, they are promoting a feature that showed up in their Radeon Crimson drivers called Radeon Chill, which in a whitelisted selection of games, 19 games, very popular games, <laughs> if you activate Radeon Chill in those games, uh, it can dramatically bring down temperatures and power usage by doing tricks about lo dynamically lowering the frame rate by tracking your mouse movements. Mm. Uh but that's not new. That came out with Radeon Crimson software. It's available for RX 480 cards, so on and so forth. And it actually does work wonders. It's really, really good. I've used it. I've seen temperatures drop dramatically. 
and I didn't notice a big detriment to gameplay, but it's not new. Uh, we do have a couple questions from the chat. Uh, first up, our uh, buddy Cy uh, is in. So, hey, Cy. Uh, sorry, uh, he woke up a little late. The the new <laughs> face of Radeon Gaming, uh, Cy. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we we got a couple questions. Um, will Vega have mid range cards? Do we know anything? Uh, um, it depends on your definition de- uh, definition of mid range. That <coughs> changes for everybody. But I would say that since this just came out. This is, there wouldn't be anything from Vega below this, below a 580, right? I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a 1070 competitor. I would hope so. So yeah. if you consider that mid-range, maybe. Uh, a more relevant question from uh, Paulo. Oh, it looks like Gordon wanted to say something. No, I was going to say, we don't, we don't know, but you can imagine there won't, there won't initially be mid-range, but as the, as the yield comes out and they flesh out the line, there will be a mid-range card eventually. And then we have no insight into this. We're just guessing, but yeah. the, pa- the old patterns hold. I mean, I've never seen a launch where they did not eventually turn the die into a mid-range part. So, uh, good question from uh, Paulo on YouTube. Uh, how's the driver stability on the new 500 series? Um, I had no issues with the launch driver. AMD gets knocked a lot for its drivers, but over the past year and a half, two years, basically since they became Radiant Technologies Group, they put a lot more focus on the software. And I've they've been pumping out, you know, day one drivers a lot more often. Their drivers are a lot more stable. I have no complaints about either AMD or NVIDIA drivers these days. Nice. Uh, a pointed question from uh, Bryant. Uh, so between the 480 and the 580, uh, which one should he get? Depends on the price uh, and probably what kind of power supply you have in your system, right? Uh, but, I mean, if which you one is cheaper? A, the day before the 580 came out, you could find 480s at very, very awesome prices, like as cheap as 170 bucks, 160 bucks. Wow! But as soon as the 580 came out, they kind of raised them. Really? So, huh? Yeah, I've noticed price those sales kind of disappearing once the 580 came out. So if you can look around and find a 480 for cheaper, if you can save 30 bucks to get you know three less frames per second i would do that all day every day so but i guess i'm gonna imagine they the prices were low to clear out inventory and now that they've they've cleared out the inventory it's just probably harder to find a four 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 series card that and i'm guessing they don't want to distract from the launch right because you don't want to have your new card come out and everyone be distracted by this better price on the older version because they're going to buy that yeah i wouldn't be surprised just from looking at sales over time that I don't know, I'm just ballparking here, give it like maybe a month or so, and then maybe the 480 might go back down again just because they actually do want to clear the inventory. But it might not go back down for a little bit. Because, yeah, right, Brad. Like, Remember I was sending you all those links constantly? Where I was like, hey, look at this deal. Hey, there's another one. Hey, there's a third (laughs) one. You could get, at one point, a 470 (laughs) for 120 bucks, one of them you sent me, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome for for a gaming, you know, an entry-level mid-range you know, build it. Right? That's just, yeah. that's a when, lot of performance for the money. Bef- but I, I got to ask any more questions. I got to, I got to toss one thing out real quick that I forgot to talk about. And I think is important. It's important that AMD did not position these as replacements for the 480, even though 400 series, even though that's what we're comparing them to their NVIDIA does the same thing. They're saying these are good pe- cards for people who are upgrading from older things. So if you have a 380, a nine, six, 960, 760, you know, an older card, then they're saying this offers a lot more performance in modern media stuff. 
so I think the real reason this series came out now is so that they have new Radeon 500 cards to sell with all the people buying Ryzen 5 processors, right? So people are buying Ryzen processors. They're looking to build new PCs. I think the whole reason this series is here is so that it's a little bit better, but really so that there's new cards for those Ryzen 5 systems. Hmm. Yeah, and that was that's that's what I was going to ask you. Is like I don't even understand why they bothered to to rebrand. You know, again, you know that Reddit, you know, it's rebrand you. Yeah, <laughs> that works on people, right? So, but Ryzen five and Radeon five peanut butter. It and does. Jelly, right? It does. I gotta admit, it does go over really well. It's a great segue. But actually, I did want to ask another uh, upgrade question because I mean, I, I do because you you pointed out the weirdest fallacy about all people who love components, right? We all love it, but everybody. Everybody does this to everybody. Every single product is like, wow, well, this doesn't give you 30% more performance than the last product. You know, I mean, that does happen, though, but generally, right? I mean. Uh, Yeah, uh, it does. I think the next generation of cars that we see will be another big improvement, right? Because the next will be Volta and Vega or whatever's after Vega, Navi or whatever. the problem is we got really, really spoiled with uh, the 10 series and the 480s. Not problem. It's great. And the 400 series because we were stuck. The industry was stuck on 28 nanometer manufacturing process for so long that for five years, there's just mostly iterative updates, right? Right. And then both AMD and NVIDIA switched to 14 and 16 nanometer uh, technology process, which gave them huge, huge leaps in uh, performance. So... That's what the last generation was. So to see it just kind of reused is kind of like, eh, hmm. you know, not excited. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder, like, I mean, you know, clearly we're going to be stuck on 14 nanometer for a long, long time. I, I Oh, yeah. I, when we went from four, like on the NVIDIA side, going from four series to five series and six series, were they quantum leaps? They were kind of like, they were, they were, they were decent upgrades, yeah. right? 15, 20% sometimes more than that. I don't remember exactly, so. Yeah, something like that. Uh, when you're not changing the underlying process technology, right. there's only so much you can change, right? You can make it more efficient, You can, which efficiency is what makes more performance because you can do more with less or the same amount, basically. So those giant leaps are not typical. But this is, don't get me wrong, it's not rebrandion. These are <laughs> definitely, especially on the lower end, uh, the 560 and 550 are pretty decent decently new and to increase the clock speeds on the other one i would call it more of a refresh than a rebrand okay uh you know i'm going to ask this just because i want to ask you know because i was can you cross fire a four an rx 480 with a 580 i think i know what i'm doing monday i'm gonna try (laughs) (laughs) i would would think so unless your drivers bomb out this is the uh, aorus uh 570 and I just I really like that copper block on the back. Oh, that's I think nice. it looks pretty. So I'm just pointing it out. That's cool. Um, they say it reduces temperatures. It helps reduce temperatures, hmm. which is not true. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, they they can try. Uh, question from um, da-da-da-da-da. oh sorry, I should I should have found this earlier. Oh here we go. Ivan on YouTube. Uh, what's the power difference between the 580 and the 480? Uh, you know, in long term, sure, you can save a few bucks, but uh, are you making up for it and paying electricity if it's more? Um, I tested uh, Sapphire's overclocked 580 versus MSI's overclocked 480 Gaming X, and there was only an 11 watt difference there, right? Uh, but I know Extreme Tech tested a reference 480, 
versus an overclocked 580, and it was a 77 watt difference. Holy so. smokes. <laughs> That's a big difference. The problem uh, is there's no reference card, so we can't compare apples to apples, right? Uh, although, so here's the, I, and I've heard this too, but I, I'd like to ask you, but is it true that a 580 consumes more power than a 1080 Founders Edition slash reference card? Oh, I don't have my chart oh, open okay. in front of me. It, that, uses, that, it uses a lot. <laughs> it does use a lot of power. But you know, I got to ask this, and I'm going to ask you guys and the, the internets, why do you even care? Because, I mean, everybody is like, well, how much? I always get this question when I do CPU reviews. How much does that uh, Broadwell E10 core power use? So why do you care? You know, you've got the system. you got, like, two 1080 Ti's. <laughs> you got, like, four SSDs and three hard drives and two optical drives in there driving your... Your 4K 165 hertz panel, and you care how much power the CPU uses or the GPU. Why? Why? Because you're maximizing everything, right? Come you want to be able to brag. Get everything. a laptop, all right? Get a laptop if you want to save power. Just In saying. a lot of other countries, uh, power is a lot more expensive. I was chatting with somebody on Twitter who was from Spain, and they have insanely high electric bills there. Hmm. So that alone was enough for them to pick a 1060 over a 480. Also, then bad. you can uh, you can skimp on power supplies, Gordon. You know, get a, a little cheaper power supply. You can yeah, use the included but, one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cardboard box <laughs> power gonna, supply. I just think, in, yeah. I just think in why, the U.S., I agree with you. <laughs> but how expensive is the power? I don't know. We have an international audience here. Just tell me. I mean, like, what? Like, do you, like, they, they just run out or something? What? It can't be that bad. It can't, I mean. I, I don't know, dude. I think it can, it's, actually. It was roughly <laughs> half, I think. If, if I don't, again, I don't have my chart in front of me, but it was significantly less power, like over 100 watts less, if I recall correctly, for the 1060 versus the 580. <laughs> so it's it's not a little amount. If you game a lot and you're in an area where electricity is not cheap, man. I mean, so these cards, I mean, how much, so like a, a, a five, what did your 580 end up using in uh, at the, oh. at the wall, right? So how you measured it? Yeah. At the wall, whole system. Where, where were you, where oh. were you getting? Like, uh, I was getting one second cause I happen to be working from afar. I can look at that. I was getting. It's like under 200 Watts, right? Two, 250, I'm guessing. Uh, under load. Under load 246. Yeah. So. That's like a light bulb, a 60 watt light bulb. I mean, I, I just, I mean, so like if you were to like look at that, like over an overclocked EVGA 1060 was 163. So about 80 something watts. Left. All right. So 80 watts, which is a light bulb. That's like one light bulb in your house. I mean, is it, is it, I, I, I just don't, is it really that? I mean, how much can the, they be charging for electricity where you leave it a light bulb on for six hours or four hours amount of your gaming is, is, is going to make that much of a difference. I just don't. And a desktop application, I don't think it matters. The 1080 actually used five watts less than the 580. <laughs> but I think a strong selling point for AMD's cards, though, that we haven't talked about because we've talked about in the past is FreeSync monitors. Mm -hmm. Because NVIDIA charges a lot for variable refresh rate uh, monitors. And uh, that stuff's amazing. Once you've used it, you can't go back. It's buttery smooth. It's wonderful. And AMD doesn't charge more for it, which I think adds a lot of value to their mainstream and budget cards, which all of these are. So, sure, they use more energy, but there's other things that they do. And Radeon Chill can help with that if you're using one of those compatible games. Yeah, I guess I wonder, do you save enough money going with a 480 versus, yeah, I mean, geez, well, of course, 1080 is a lot more performance than a, than a 580, but 
Yes. If you're saving three, what, maybe $300, you could buy a FreeSync panel. Is it worth 580 with FreeSync sync versus your non-FreeSync panel? I was doing some research as far as these articles, and you could find a 75 hertz ViewSonic FreeSync panel 75. for 130 bucks. <laughs> 75 is more than 60. That's not even... All these cards, we're talking about six frames per second, dude. I know. I'm just saying... <laughs> oh, I mean, like, that's oh, like 15... Oh, the poor audio listeners. I wish they could have seen your face. Yeah. 15... Like, frame, the, the way you... 15 hertz is like... <laughs> I, like, a lot of their early G-Sync laptops were 75. It's like, okay, who cares? But, I mean, it, it, oh. it does matter because you're still... You're getting less screen tearing, but you're not getting the beauty, buttery, smooth, 144 hertz kind of experience either. That to me is you're sort of giving that that up. It's that that's that 144 hertz experience costs a lot more than probably what people who are in the neighborhood for 170 graphics cards. Uh, yes, that's true. That's true. You're not. No, I'm, I am asking a little too much there, aren't I? So okay. Well, and, and to to your earlier question for the internet, uh, yeah, no, nobody's saying too much about the power. Uh, you know that it's yeah, it's not too big of a difference uh but ivan does have a point that uh high power usage will increase room temperature so maybe that's you know, that's something you know if you're you're a little warm. summer gaming is a problem yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. uh but, and then also we're getting some questions about uh flashing uh bios but i, I know we're going to cover that later right yeah where you have a question uh, cool we'll so about hold, hold it tight uh for the, the bios flashing yep we will right. get to it so i guess i'll i'm gonna move us on to the next topic although we, sure. we did we did skip brad's or I, any last uh uh 500 series questions nope not rebranding on as brad says yep so uh refreshy on refreshy on that actually is not bad see refreshy on isn't like yeah that's 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 not as negative as that reddit it makes know, me want a nice cool drink on uh, a lot of summer day is, i was know? gonna say i, I would yeah. say just because we've we spent a lot of time discussing back and forth i would say that bottom line Yes, it's nothing big new over the RX 400 series, but they're still the 570 and 580 are still the best options in their price point. It doesn't okay. change anything about it. So. Why? Why Nvidia just doesn't care, do they? They just don't. I, I'm really surprised they really haven't gone more aggressively after them because the 10. I know you're not a big fan of the 1063 gig over the 480, and 1050 doesn't cut it either. I mean, sort of, or not enough to make it a. To wipe them out, we could right? go deep down this rabbit hole. There are good points for the 1050 Ti because it doesn't need a power pin connector. Right. All right. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't buy a three gigabyte card to play 1080 games these days. All but right. let's move on to Ryzen because yeah. that's a whole other conversation. That is a whole other conversation. That is, of course, my uh, wheelhouse. Let's Someone explained to me what the wheelhouse is. It's where they sell if, the wheels. Yep. If all if the wheels, you want to know what I think about all that. Feel free to check out PC World's best graphics card hub, by the way, just to plug, you know, oh. help me pay my rent. And PC I, I talk extensively about everything Gordon was just bringing up. We should have a link Upda- to that. Updated we'll, this morning. So nice. updated this morning. We'll have a link. Fancy. We're going to promise a link, which means we will not actually put a link in there. Because nope. whenever somebody says they will Sorry. do that, they will not do not it. Not doing it. But we will uh, We will I'll post a link it. on the YouTube post, I guess, to the to the coverage. And best sure. what card to buy. <clears throat> and I'm going to move us on to the next one, which, of course, I uh, this I I did all the testing before my vacation, so I can barely remember anything. But it was basically Ryzen 5, which... Um, 
is very different than Ryzen 7, uh, the reception. And I, I, for the most part, I think everybody was extremely positive. I thought it was an extremely positive part, the Ryzen 5 series. If you don't know, it's basically AMD's six core and four core parts. Both of them have SMT, you know, slash hyperthreading if you're not used to uh, SMT as a, as a phrase yet or, or acronym. And they offer, if I were to sum it up, <clears throat> ass loads of multi-threaded performance where they just wail on their Intel counterparts for cost. I mean, the Ryzen 5 just absolutely destroys the equivalent Core i5 part in multi-threading because, damn, you're getting more cores and you're getting you're getting SMT slash hyper-threading. For single-threaded tasks, KB Lake is slightly faster, you know, 10 15% because based on IPC and clock speed differences. Uh, and in gaming, of course, you know, you get some things that don't run great on Ryzen yet. And you get some things that almost everything is going to run great on KB Lake. So there is a, a minus. Some games doesn't hurt it that bad. Some things you're looking at a 20% deficit uh, on some things and that are not GPU limited. So, but overall, my feeling is Ryzen 5 is just, it's just, you're getting a six core CPU with SMT for 250 bucks MSRP. You know, probably once all the, the hype dies up, it'll it'll probably be on the street for 230, 240, the equivalent to a, a Core i5 7600K, which is what I compared it to. And it's just in multi threading. If you go to, we'll put a link. We're promising a link. We won't do it. <laughs> oh, God, damn, come on, Gordon. On PC World. And oh. it's just like you look at these, you just like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big. I'm a big content creator. I love multi-threaded tasks. I and it just it just destroys. Absolutely destroys the 7600K. So like how much of like how much destruction are we talking here? Like, oh God! Small I mean, city gone, an entire <laughs> county, like state. Like. Well, there's some things where yeah, this is a this is a this is a tactical nuclear strike on some things. Like here, like uh, Cinebench is a, is a wonderful, heavily multi-threaded benchmark. It scales really really well with thread count. So. 7600K, we're looking at a score of 691, right? 700. And the Ryzen 5, 1600X, basically almost the same price, maybe 10 bucks more on the street these days because um, KB Lake prices have finally come down. It's 1247. So 691 versus 1247. I mean, that's like, if you're a content creator, you're like, damn, that's like, you're getting so much more performance out of a Ryzen over. Well, the, the i5 parts don't have hyper-threading at all, right? So that's yeah. four cores, four threads, whereas the Ryzen 5 is six cores, 12 threads, which right. is a massive difference for stuff like that. Yeah, and that's where you just, like, you just get so much more. And it's actually, it's really interesting because I know when we all did our Ryzen 7 reviews, I, I know we sort of like half-assed sort of dismiss the Ryzen 5 because it's like, well, at this price point, is it going to be compelling? But I think people forget that, man, those i Intel really does limit you with those i5s. They, you know, they leave, they, they intentionally turn off hyper-threading for marketing reasons because, you know, they got to have something to make you buy the i7 and they turn it off. And man, there's just some things where it just, you get killed in multi-threading tasks. And, and you'll see, even in gaming, we've seen this where, You'll be in a game, something will happen, you know, some physics this is a classic Battlefield 3 where the buildings start to crumble and Battlefield 4, Battlefield 4, every, the buildings start to crumble. <laughs> if you're on I-5, all four cores are pushed to 100% while that building is crumbling, right? If you're on an I-7 with hyper-threading, they're basically, you're at 50%. There's, you, can, you can basically have other things running on your computer if you have more than four threads. And uh, of course, I know Brad does not agree with this. You're still one of those I-5 non-hyperthetic gamers right <laughs> ivy bridge so you're 3570k uh, 
yes, I'm still running that right now. Right. Uh, but that 1600 is awfully compelling. So yeah, yeah. The 1600. I mean, I've done. I did. I did a couple of build. I did a 1600x build myself, and everything was way past 60 frames per second. When you're when I paired it with a 1070, way past 60 frames per second. So people uh, knock on Ryzen, right, about gaming, but right. it holds up just fine. It yeah, may I mean, not be as good as Intel, but it's more than what you could use. Right. In actual practical use, it's perfectly fine for gaming. So people need to get over that uh, internet meme about it being bad for gaming. But I, I got to say, people got to admit, KB Lake is faster. Even Broadwell is faster than Ryzen at gaming. In general, you could blame it on optimization, whatever it is. But the truth, you know, people got to accept this. We're saying Ryzen's great, great, fine, perfectly fine for gaming. But you want the absolute best, the fastest part, KB Lake, for for gaming, right? Even Broadwell for Broadwelly in some parts. So that's the truth, folks. But for practical, so that was that was your bottom else? line, right? Yeah. So that's uh, my bottom like, line. I think there may be a line below that too. But <laughs> <laughs> that basically, like, if you're just just gaming, purely single thread gaming, and you're interested in that, still get a i5, right? But if you're looking at it more holistically, if you want to just cross the the the, you know, what should I buy? And you want a one word answer. It's Ryzen 5. That's what you said, right? Yeah, I think for, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just hard. I mean, God, it's hard to think like, man, I could be having six cores with with SMT or this damn i5 where they've cut off the hyper-threading, so I don't get that. You know, although I got to say there are some nice things about KB Lake that the chipset is definitely beefier. Although if you're running a, you know, a budget chipset, you're not getting as many features. But there's definitely more PCIe lanes in uh, 2 Series over yep. what you're getting out of a Ryzen part, so. Uh, and you can get motherboards, right? But. Uh, you can get more motherboards these days for Ryzen. They're starting to, yeah. you know, that, that doesn't hurt so much anymore. The the 370 <laughs> boards are actually kind of available again? Finally. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And well, in this in this price range, they're pushing, it makes more sense in this price range to get a B350 board too, right? So. Uh, yeah, it does, yeah, for Ryzen. The big difference with X370 and B350 is uh, there's a couple more PCIe lanes. There's two more PCIe lanes. You can have, have multiple graphics cards, and there's a couple more USB 3.1, I think, and that's no. it. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, with the B350 boards, which are all around 100 bucks. You can overclock your chip. You can, et cetera, et cetera. Well, have, have you been hearing any problems uh, on those B three fifty boards? Uh, Grim in uh, YouTube says um, uh, he got the MSI B three fifty gaming pro motherboard, and it had uh, five in a row be dead on arrival. Whoa. So, have, have we heard any wow, anything dang. about that stuff? No, but clearly there's an issue there, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or you ran into. I mean, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, not not that I'm into conspiracy theories, but what if Intel is paying your UPS guy to mess your motherboard <laughs> up before you get it? Just smash it. I mean, right, 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 right. package. No, but that, I, I five and five bad in a row is is pretty uh pretty hard to believe. I'm you That's know probably just whoever the the, the the retailer has clearly had a, a bad batch, right? So you got all five of them. Yeah, or, or I've, I've been using gigabyte boards exclusively because yeah. basically that's why AMD sent me. Uh, and a lot of people are having stability issues, you know, whatnot, teething issues with the first round of motherboards. But the gigabyte boards that I've tried have all been great. I had one issue with an NVMe SSD with the B350, the Gaming 3. But I cleared that up in an hour 
and I haven't had an issue since. Yeah. So if but, I was going to like when people ask me what board should I buy at this point, I tell them try to get the gigabytes because they're a lot more stable. Well, and he, he said he switched to uh, Asrock, uh, Killer SLI AC. And uh, yeah, he said it's, it's working fine. So, yeah. And I, awesome. think I, I think most of my testing was on a MSI Tomahawk B350 board. So hmm. and I didn't have issues, but, you know, clearly, you know, it was a pre-vetted board. They're not going to send me a different board to test. So. <laughs> not five oh, in a row man. either. Oh, five in a row is, is, is not pretty. Um, although, I mean, five in a Not that I would insult you, but is it maybe he had a bad... I mean, did it... Where really was the board? Because I, I have gotten many, many letters in over the years from people saying all these issues. It's like, man, you just like... Like, do you have like really dirty electricity or something like that? Or is your? Or... Turns out half the pins are bent on this processor. Yeah. They, they cheap out on the, the power supply, Gordon. There yeah. we go. They they got a non modular power supply. You know. I think I, I think a really cool part of the Ryzen five story to me is, yeah. which sounds lame, like marketing, whatever. Uh, uh, is that they all overclock even on these cheap B350 boards. Yeah. Because like if you buy a B350 board, which is roughly 100 bucks, and we reviewed the 1600X, but people who buy the 1600, which is 30 or 40 bucks cheaper, and comes are, with a heatsink. And it comes with a heatsink and you overclock that, then that's an awful lot of value right there. I you know, and actually that's one thing that reminds me I want to bring up. I was like I I got to say I I love that you're getting, you know, unlock parts. I kind of wish Intel would do it, but I can tell you why Intel doesn't do it because they want you to pay more for the K parts and everybody's been conditioned to buy K parts, even though they're never going to overclock the damn things. Right. I got to wonder if it, ha if it's a mistake for AMD not to lock. Now I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but should those non X parts should, they should have been locked in some ways because like, why would you buy an X part? Like, I might as well to just guarantee buy. that overclock, right? Because <sighs> these basically go up to the speeds of the 1600X or whatever. Uh, like the 1600, it was the same with the 1700. They'll go up to the top-rated speeds of the X chips, but it's not guaranteed whatsoever. No. Whereas with these X chips, it's, okay, here's where it is. Yeah, but you're not, I'm, and we're not looking at like, oh my God, I my and, 1600X, I'm hitting a 4.8 overclock, right? So you're looking at, oh, I'm getting, you know, 4.1 four maybe pushing if I'm lucky, maybe. or I might get 3.9 or so. It's not, to me, it's not like you're you're just getting a ton more overclocking headroom, you know, so. I think it's cool. I like it because I, I, like you say, a lot of people don't overclock. Right. And those people will buy the faster chips. I think it's a cool bone to toss at enthusiasts who are buying into AMD's platform, right? Right. But I mean, like, if you were in, in AMD investor, you'd go like, God, these things should be locked, you know? Yeah, you but can... honestly, if you're coming back into, like, the scene yeah. after a long period of not really being, like, super competitive, then you have to have something to make you seem appealing. You can't play by the same rule book as the, the dominating party anymore. Right. So... Yeah. And AMD's done this for a long sense. time, right? Because, I mean, God, every AMD part for the last four or five years feels like it's, it's been unlocked almost. So, yep. The interesting part about this conversation, just to delve into rumor territory, uh -oh. is that the rumors out now say that part of Intel's response will be the i5 series will be hyper-threading, and they might add six cores to the i7 series for the next one, which... You know, who knows if that's true, but that's the rumors floating around the Internet right now. Yeah. And there's rumors of X299 up to 12 cores now, which before I think mm -hmm. it was up to 10 cores. So they're saying rumors say, you know, Skylake X, Kaby Lake X up to up to 10 to 12 cores, X299 at Computex. <laughs> right. 
I mean, that's what the, who knows if it's Which true. you will be attending, right? I will be attending Live it. from the show. I'm sure it will just now ruin my summer. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think I saw that in Guru 3D um, this morning, right? Uh, it's been a few places. Yeah. Uh, so we got a question from uh, Pablo uh, on YouTube. Hi, Pablo. Uh, yeah, hey. Uh, he's asking about what about Ryzen and ECC memory? Can you talk about that? It supports that? it. Yeah, ECC the question is, is whether your memory, uh, whether your motherboard supports it. Yeah, is that it? I um, I don't know why. I guess you could you could run ECC to get higher density for the most part. I'm not really a a big believer in ECC. You know, for people who don't know, it's error correction code, and they're able to detect single single bit errors and multi bit errors can be detected. It'll let you know. Usually, ECC is run on servers. Um, there's an extra chip for the parity check. You can get larger dims, uh, and most of them also are a lot slower, too, so lower clock speeds. So Ryzen very much to get the best performance out of it. <laughs> you need to be – that RAM needs to be pushed, like, very, very high speeds. So I'm not sure if I care about ECC on Ryzen unless uh, we're talking about, you know, these 12-core parts where you might be running 128 gigs or 256 gigs of RAM, then, you you know, ECC would be nice. I would expect to see more ECC like push if a uh, high end processor line does come out, right? If they introduce like a uh, extreme edition competitor. Yeah, but you know the, the funny thing there is um it used to be you you could get ECC support on lower end um Intel parts, you know, i7, but then they were like, "You know what? That's a Xeon feature. <laughs> you want ECC, you got to got to go Xeon. You're not going to get that on a see? toy i7." That's another thing. Ryzen, all the chip support. The AMD gives you everything, percent on the right? motherboard. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm not 100% sure you're going to want to do your research, but I believe I've read that ASRock motherboard support ECC memory. Yeah. So look look in that direction. I, I can't imagine it being too much. It's most because the, the memory control is in the chip, so it can't be too hard. to. Maybe they just did that enable BIOS support for it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. clearly, you know, you want to talk about Ryzen teething pains. Memory has been, you know, kind of a little wacky wacky touch on ryzen right like uh yeah on the original ryzen 7s you can't run four dims beyond uh you know jetic speed so you're looking at 2133 with all all the dim slots full i don't know if that's improved it's, with latest biases but <laughs> it's touchy enough that people who are looking to push it as far as they need to are looking specifically for memory made with samsung b dies on one side of the module samsung kind of deal. they're not looking and I, you know there's whole like oh do you do you need uh, uh you need dual rank versus single rank and like oh, like, yeah. oh man you know it's like that's a lot of brain power to burn on selecting memory so <laughs> But a lot of them, I mean, I'm having good deal with uh, Corsair Vengeance. I mean, I've had no problem getting those working. Uh, and it's 421 right now, uh, April 21st. And in early May, AMD said that they're going to have another big BIOS update or a GSA or whatever they call it that tr- trickles down into BIOSes that fixes memory stability and increases speeds there. So, yeah, in fact, hopefully I- that's fixed soon. Yeah, and the in fact the B three fifty board that I did do all my Ryzen five testing features that BIOS I believe that is going to be rolling out to other vendors as they because the the board I have supposedly can hit thirty two hundred. I did all my testing for Ryzen seven. I did it at at Jetic speeds mostly because I I like to run full dim loads. Um, on I did that in all the boxes, Broadway and and KB Lake and FX. Um, for Ryzen 5, I actually recalibrated because clearly you need higher speed memory. I ran everything at 2933. No problems running 2933 on the uh, on the Tomahawk board. 
And apparently the BIOS I have will run it at 3200 if I want to. So, But, I mean, you know, but, you know, uh, again, see, there was a line below the bottom line, Brad. <laughs> bottom Brad's line a- is, damn, it's really hard to say no to a Ryzen 5. It's really, it's, re- yeah, if you only play games and you're not going to be streaming to Twitch or whatever where you're going to be using those other CPU threads to do your encoding... KB Lake's fine. Perfectly great. Platform stable. It's all there. It's all known. You know, not going to have any problems with it. Great chip. But, you know, if you're going to do any kind of multi-threading, it's like, damn, how do you say no to all that? I mean, it's it's really hard to say buy i5-7600K for me anyway. I was testing. I did a quick build and I did some quick tests with the 1500X too, which we haven't had a chance to fully review yet. And even that paired with a 480, not a 580. Uh... It was pushing games past sixty frames per second, smooth as hell, no problem. Right. So, and the that's one hundred and ninety bucks, I think. Yeah, would you? I mean, and for the for people who don't know that that fifteen hundred X is a quad core with uh, SMT on, so it's their equivalent as far as thread count of a seventy seven hundred K i seven. Who's that? Sorry, mobile. Sorry, that was me. Well, that's a T Mobile sound. I thought you said you're Verizon. I, I'm Verizon. Sorry, I'm testing this this phone. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got like, the S8 here. Sorry, Just I'm to, sorry. Like, yeah. Have a little. By the discreet. way, Verizon Five brought to you by T Mobile. Just kidding. <laughs> and Samsung S8. <SA>. Yeah. <laughs> you're slyly trying to get a reference there to no, Samsung S8. Sorry. No. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, I'm going to point out that fingerprint radiator. I just got to say this. Why? Why did they put it there? <laughs> the finger... Well, because... No. The, the alien, E.T., he's got to have a phone, too, okay? <laughs> now, when E.T.'s sticking that phone out, if the fingerprint reader is down, he's always curving his finger. Now, for the S.A. E.T., that finger can make it all the way up. That that S.A. is designed for E.T. No, Gordon, e. we, we, we know the reason. Home. They, they didn't move it because then you would have to move the Samsung logo. You know, that's that's the real reason. Yeah. No, it's for E.T. That's a 1980s reference. <laughs> All right. So that's it. Uh, Ryzen 5, awesomeness. Hey, we got people chomping awesome, at the awesome bit part. for 1080 Ti. Mm. Please, oh, please. Man. Yeah. Give people what they want. The topic we make last is the one that... They want 1080 Ti. See, we look, we, we this segment AMD. Right, yeah. red, all red, and then we go more AMD, all red, and then now, of course, everybody wants Nvidia stuff, and then well, well, isn't AMD green on the computer side, on the CPU side? Yeah, that is rather confusing. Are they still, they used, I don't know, I still have cards <laughs> from AMD where the logo has green on it, so I, I know the AMD Sunnyvale logo is green. I don't really know what their corporate color is anymore. Are they now orange? I guess Ryzen's orange, right? Gray, Team Gray. I don't know. I mean, it's really easy when they sort of have these sort of like gang affiliation colors, right? (laughs) Blue. Uh, Intel blue, right? And then they did Intel orange for a while with Pentium 4. All right. Uh, so, or right, well, let's all right, let's get on it, everybody. All right. So, we'll we gotta give, the, give the people what they want. Give the, give the people, yeah. So we're gonna move on to. Oh, there it goes. Ooh, Damn. So, that is, so Brad that is, is gonna tell you what that is. This is the first custom GTX 1080 Ti that we've tested, EVGA's GTX 1080 Ti SC2, which is, I believe, launching on Monday and is available for pre-order right now for $720, which is only $20 more than the Founders Edition. Wow. Nice. So, And I had people on Twitter mad at me because I didn't show the back of it. You got to show all around, man. 
So there's the back of it. It does cover <laughs> that serial number, I guess. People are like, it's just so like the backplate. Why do the people care about the backplate? I don't know. People are so excited that we've back, moved on. That's the part you see when you're looking in <laughs> through your uh, through your window, right? You don't see the you don't see that part. Is that no? Can you this hold part. it up again? So the yeah. the front is that aluminum? Like the whole shell is aluminum. There was a plastic. Yep. Oh, nice. That's all metal. Uh, some yeah, form metal. of metal. And then you can see through it, and you can see the big beefy heat sink underneath. Does it have the LEDs? Yes, the, it has oh. LEDs. The side lights up in LEDs. This uses EVGA's ICX cooling technology, which okay. came out earlier this year. Uh, I tested it then. I really liked it then. It's really come into its own with this card. It basically... After EVGA had a big issue last year where some for the winds were overheating, they introduced a new cooling technology that has nine temperature sensors inside of this card and any card with ICX. And basically, it keeps track of those and it keeps track of your GPU temperature for one, and that drives the speed of the right hand fan. And it keeps track of your PWMs and memory temperatures as well with these other sensors and those drive the speed of the left fan independently so each fan is dynamically adjusting to keep specific components cool inside your card and it works really really freaking well in this <clears throat> is it quieter than a uh, reference uh 1080 ti oh way quieter <laughs> like not even like night and day difference but uh, the cool thing about it is you can't see it here because it's not lit up. But right here, right above the 1080 on the side of the thing, there are three different lights, G, P, and M. And they'll change color depending on how hot those different components are. So there's the G is for the GPU, the P is for the PWMs, the M's for the memory. Hmm. Um, this card said so cool. I was trying everything I could to take a picture with those lighting up red so I could show that <laughs> off. And I couldn't push it that hard. Really? I mean, I could not get it. I mean, if I wanted to do something drastic, I probably could, but no reasonable scenario could I push it that hard. The Just card tape the fans that... up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said reasonable, Gordon. <laughs> you know what? That That is a simulation of uh, somebody's modular power supply getting stuck <laughs> in the fan of the, the GPU. That's totally reasonable. Modular power supplies wouldn't get stuck. You mean non-modular power supplies? Ah, there you well, go. you have to store. There you go. You got to store your extra modular power <laughs> supply somewhere, so they would get jammed in there. Uh, Next over here is Gordon likes modular power supplies. Oh uh, Non-modular power supplies because he's nuts. Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna have a writing <laughs> so. question about that. Uh, but uh, we got a lot of people asking about uh, sure. uh, the difference between SC two and FW FTW three and and all that sort of fun stuff. Sure. So, this is the SC2. This has, the big difference between the two is that the SC2 has 7 plus 2 power phases inside. Um, it has an 8-pin and a 6-pin connector, and it only has a single BIOS. Whereas the FTW3, which I don't think they've publicly announced a date for that yet, it's not available yet, that has dual BIOSes, which helps for overclocking. It has, I believe, 10 plus 2 phase... Uh, inside which also helps with energy efficiency for overclocking it has an eight and eight pin power connector so you can feed it more juice and it has slightly higher out of the box clock speeds so basically the ftw3 is this card but with more overclocking features nice 
Wow. So and that, the interesting thing about this, the temperatures, by the way, on this card, uh, with the default quiet fan curve that EVGA enables, uh, the hottest I could get it was 67 degrees Celsius, the Ooh. GPU. And I was keeping track of the other things using EVGA's Precision X software, which you have to use in order to use all these fancy ICX cooling things. And all the other the memory modules and the PWMs were even cooler than that. So, and then, then they have an aggressive fan curve that I enabled. While I was just hastily doing some overclocks. And even overclocked, it was keeping the GPU under 60 degrees with the aggressive fan curves. So. Wow. Do you have to register to download Precision X still? Uh, I get special reviewer copies, oh, so I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Freddie is asking, uh, what about the SC Black? Is it even worth getting? SC Black, I don't know the specs for that off the top of my head. So, unfortunately, I can't answer that. How much faster is that that card over a Founders Edition slash reference edition? card? Yeah. It depends. In a couple of games, uh, like Hitman and something else, it was only about 3% faster. In some other games, it was 65 to 10% faster. It averaged out to 5.7% faster. When I did a quick, a real quick and dirty overclock on it, didn't touch the power limits, just cranked it up as much as I could, basically, uh, on the GPU core clock, that more than doubled. So it gets, it gets pretty fast. It's fast enough that this is the first graphics card to ever push a bottleneck in one of our games off of the GPU and onto the CPU. It got <laughs> bottlenecked at 1440p in Ashes of the Singularity. <laughs> so Ooh, Nice. That's, that was really interesting. I'm going to be upgrading the system soon for everybody watching that. So soon will be our GPU test system will have different hardware inside of it. So that doesn't happen again. But that's how fast an overclocked Founders Edition card is that we saw our first ever bottleneck. Actually, we, we did get a question about um, uh, what what CPU you tested it with. That was with the 5960X. So that's the 8-core... Haswell E. Haswell yeah. E. Haswell E part. It's not clocked terribly high. I think it's 3 or 3.5 gigahertz. So uh, I think for the next system, we're going to have a 7700K. 70, yeah, 7700K. Yeah, 7700K steps it up. Quite a bit over Haswell E yeah. too, so but yeah, I, yep. I guess but you could overclock can, it a bit if you wanted to the, on that Haswell E. Yeah, but I mean, the important part is this is the every other game that we've ever tested, I've never seen that happen. This is the the first card that was fast enough to make that happen. So for seven twenty nine, so it's nice. only twenty bucks more. Seven twenty. It is. Um, there's still some debate. They haven't gotten back to me with the final amount right now. It's a pre-order price of seven twenty. Okay. Um, they're not sure what the final price is going to be. It might be seven fifty. It oh. might be seven twenty still. Either oh. with either of those numbers, I think it's a worthwhile buy. Uh, if it's seven twenty, it's a damned worthwhile buy. So. Huh. So, in other words, if you really want this pre-order now. Yeah, get it now. <laughs> get about it. Get it. Get it now. Buy it uh, now. We got we got a couple co people asking about uh, how do you think this would pair with a uh, Ryzen sixteen hundred X. Great. <laughs> the issue with the Ryzen 1600X, uh, the whole consp uh, controversy over Ryzen gaming is that it's a little bit slower than Intel parts in some games, right? So if you throw a crazy graphics card at it, that doesn't matter because the whole bottleneck goes on the GPU instead. So, Yeah. I mean, you, you would if give up some performance. 4K. 
Yeah. So where where does the where does the 1080 where does, so where does that card we're talking that is a 4K Ultra, pretty much 60 frames per second. Roughly. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. This was enough uh, with the Founders Edition. A couple of games, 4K Ultra. Let me think. Far Cry Primal in the Division didn't quite hit 60 frames per second. This does out of the box. And if you do a quick and dirty overclock, like I said, I didn't touch the power. I barely touched the memory. I just cranked the core clock just a little bit. Took me five minutes and it more than doubled the performance increase. So nice. It got up to with that quick and dirty overclock. This thing was a little bit over 10% faster, 11% faster than the Founders Edition. So wow. And much, much quieter and cooler. Yeah, noise is nice. I mean, because those 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 founder edition cards, they're it's a it's a good design, but they those fans once they heat up, man, they just. Also, I really don't like how they blow out the back. I did, but yeah, that's a plus. Not, uh, I, I gotta know, say, I like depends it. what you're using it for. Yeah, yeah. If you're running it, I think in a great big desktop, it's fine because you've got fans, other fans exhausting the heat. But it, you know, again, you look at like behind me, there's a Falcon Northwest box with uh, two 1080 Ti's. I know, you know, Falcon has told me. They like the rear exhaust because it sucks all the hot air out of the smaller machines and blows it out. So that's a that's a positive. Whereas that just kind of circulates in the machine. Yeah. The only negative, pseudo negative I had for this, aside from, you know, not many people will be able to afford it. If you can afford it, the only pseudo negative I have is the design of the shroud, which I actually really like. You might not be able to see it on here, but it has sparkles too, so it looks like a gravel road almost. It sparkles Ooh, when the light hits it. But uh I've seen on forums some people say they hate the look of it. Huh, I've seen huh. other people say they love the look of it. So that's the only negative I have, whether or not the shroud designs for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're you're picking some uh, some pretty big battles there. <laughs> did, uh, it's did funny. You... So so today on the show, I have said that this eighty dollar graphics card is too expensive, and this <laughs> seven hundred twenty dollar graphics card is a steal. It's in too case cheap. Anybody's keeping score at home. <laughs> It's all context, right? It's all about the value yeah. you get at that price. Yeah. Yep. So is your is your review out now? Uh, yes, it went live today. We're actually, I believe, the first review on the internet. And where can we find that review, Brad? Oh, are we uh, another PC link? PCworld.com. PCworld.com, if you're going there on April 21st. And we, we will, will not link to it. We will promise we will to not put a link, link to and it. we will not actually <laughs> link to it. So you'll have to search for it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, da, 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 we have a, uh, a question from, uh, Daniel, uh, where's the 3d memory HBM Pascal chip that, uh, they promised at GDC 2014. Where is it? I thought that was only in the compute card. They do have it though, right? The 3d, the past. Yeah. They have the HBM two you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, the, I forget what they call it. The big high end one that just went on sale there. Yeah. They're. One that you can buy at universities or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have, it's when there. You, you buy it, you sit down, and they have the guy from finance talk to you about it. <laughs> we do this over four years. <laughs> they actually announced that before you. they even announced the 10 series, but it only just now started being sold in the past few weeks. God. This gotten the sample. Uh, the availability of HBM2 is not looking pretty, but we'll see, right? Nope. Hmm. Uh, what was I going to ask? And of course, you can run that in SLI, just two way. I asked just so yes. Brad, just so I can make Brad angry because he doesn't believe you in could. SLI. But I mean, if it's not worth buying two cards and a two hundred dollar card, imagine how bad you would feel if you got two seven hundred and twenty dollar cards and one of them didn't run in half the games that you played. Now, 
Yeah, I was going <laughs> to, but you know, and then of course I'm very conscious about the power of my, my big ass desktop <laughs> gaming system is using too. So why would I run? It's two, about right? the same as a Fury X. <laughs> wow. Really? God, yeah. that's, I can't imagine. And the Fury X is a pretty dated card at this point. So it's, it's, and it, it, yeah. It's I mean, it. this takes a lot of power. Don't, I mean, something this powerful takes a lot of energy, but the Fury X is, I didn't even bother testing it alongside this at this point. It's it's a little bit less than the 1070. So, uh, we got another question from uh, Ruru. Two uh, is it a two slot card or is it two and a half? That's the important question because this is a two slot card. Oh, and pretty much every other custom GTX 1080 Ti that I've seen so far has either been two and a half or three slots. Three. Wow. So they're really big to uh, you Jeez. know keep this this gpu cool but this one manages to do that while fitting in it's kind of thick two slot card but it's it's still a two slot card nice wow god i'm just trying to think the last time i've seen a three slot card it's huge it's been a while i don't know if i've ever seen one for gtx 1080 ti's man oh there are they are thick titan z was technically a three slot card because the the back plate was for three so I think the Zotac, the Zotac Amp Extreme, I believe, is a three-slot card. I think that the, their higher-end one is. But does it really matter to a lot of people if you only have this in a, you know, in a, in a standard mid-tower case, and this is the only thing you got plugged into your motherboard? I think this probably isn't going to make that much of a difference. But it's still impressive to see them be able to do this with a two-slot card, whereas all the other ones are two-and-a-half and three-slot. I guess that is a testament to the cooling that EVGA has put into that. To that card right yeah. if they can if they can really cool it and get the clocks out of it that other people are running two and a half or three wide that's not bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh alejandro uh, is asking uh does vega have a chance with all the high-end craze going towards the 1080 ti sure it depends what it does nobody has any idea yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't know have right? to be that guy but that's my answer. We have no idea right we have no idea it'll have hbm2 which will be fast which will be awesome uh who knows what it'll actually do? They've only shown a few demos. They haven't said whether that was the high end card, the low end card, the only card. There's at this point you can't really guess. So. Yeah, but it does seem tough because I mean Vegas not here, right? And then, and it doesn't you know if you're AMD faithful, it's it's tough, but it's hard to see Vega coming out and being a 1080 Ti Slayer. I mean it doesn't seem like it, but but yeah, again, yeah, Brad is right. Yeah, we don't be. know. It could be right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, for all we know, they've been sandbagging it just to just to try to get one over. And it does happen sometimes where companies trying to sandbag stuff. There are leaks that are really bad that they, they it's hard to keep secrets, but you know sometimes they can. AMD's actually been really good about keeping secrets too lately, so mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah, well, look, like I, I've brought this up a few times before. Last last time they were showing off the Vega performance or Fury performance quite a bit, right? Tease and stuff. And then two weeks before that, NVIDIA put out a card, the 980 Ti, at a damned affordable price To uh, that kind of set the upper limit of what it could be because it matched the 980 Ti exactly. So if they do have a powerful card, I wouldn't be surprised if they were keeping quiet about it so that a repeat of that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I got to say, that's why I was surprised with the uh, 500 series because I thought I thought AMD was launching 500 because NVIDIA was going to come out with some new, you know, budget, budgety, you know, 1060, 1050 class card that. To, to they still might. Yeah. Uh, we got a good question uh, from 
six taku nine uh does the 1080 ti mean or indicate the end of sli i think it'll stick to i think it's been dying for years personally that's why gordon looked over at the tv because i have that strong opinion (laughs) games just aren't supporting it as much i think it'll still be around uh i think i wouldn't expect nvidia to change what it's doing now which is to support dual cards right I and AMD supports all kinds of crossfire things. It's it's dying though. I mean, a lot of games that come out don't support multiple cards. And if they do, it's usually weeks or months after launch. So it's kind uh, of a crap right now as is. Yeah, and I, I'm I disagree because I do think and I'm not gonna say specifically SLI or crossfire, but I think multi GPU configurations will be back right now. It's it's definitely it's definitely in a hibernation mode. A lot of that is game support, as Brad says, but, you know, I, I think NVIDIA and AMD have also seen, like, you know what, DX12 is going to make it, so that we'll mm. solve it with the API. Eventually, you'll get, you know, support for multi-cards with, through DX12, but, of course, that that support will come once we actually get DX12 games that actually will use all of the CPU cores that um, DX12, so we're talking at least 24 months away, it feels like. Somebody was arguing with me about that the other day because I was I forget the the you know context, but they were arguing with me that yeah, DX12 does SLI or Crossfire now, but what DX12 does is that puts that burden on the developer rather than on Nvidia and AMD, and we have seen very 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 few like two or three I think DirectX 12 games that support multiple GPUs <clears throat> because right. the developer is not going to do that put all that work in for something that's such a headache when so few people run multiple graphics cards. So people are looking at DX12 as a savior, and I think that might actually be the death knell of it. I I don't know. But, I mean, if you move it to DX12 and the – or, you know, I mean, again, things are not static. We get the DX13, maybe it's a – this is a solution that, you know, can be baked in through the API. We're like, hey, you, you just get more performance. It's just more computing. It's more, more cores. There's no reason to just simply give you more, right? And and I, I don't think NVIDIA and AMD want to give it up because they like Money. selling people. Yeah. Hey, you're going to buy one 1080 Ti. Isn't it better to sell you four 1080 Ti's? I mean, that's like a, that's a hell of a business. So I, it's going to happen again one day. I, but right now, yeah, it's, it's a tough – it is a really tough sell. You can run four Ti's and four-way uh, SLI right now if you want, but – NVIDIA only supports it in benchmarking programs. Yeah. Well, there's some older games that still support it, too. So, But, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough sell to recommend. Uh, and Brad, in fact, Brad, I just recently found a, in our garage a, a, a GTX 590. So that was, a, that was <laughs> a dual 570 card. It's like, oh, hey. Nice. I should bring in my collection of dual cards. And we should. Yeah. Uh, Memory lane. We, we got a question. Uh, some people are asking about the uh, power requirements for the 1080 Ti. What, what do you think is a safe uh, power supply? Uh, it's 250 watts, I believe, is the uh, TDP. Uh, I think it's a 500 watt power supply is the minimum, if I remember correctly. It might be. These days, if you're using a modern CPU and a modern graphics card, uh, as in released in the past year or two kind of a deal. Uh, I think that you don't need more than 650 watts unless you're going to go multi, 
graphics card, which you shouldn't do, like we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, 650 is sort of like that floor, I think. Comfort. I mean, so my argument, I always like to oversize power supplies. So I, I, I'd rather have extra because... Well, what, go ahead. Also, the you know the the money you're saving by not going modular, yes. you can get a bigger amount of power. <laughs> so it just it's perfect. It works out. Yeah, I mean they charge I, they charge you more for the modular power <laughs> supply, man. If you buy the the non power supply one, it's you get you get non modular. You get <laughs> the non power supply power <clears throat> supply. But so my argument for why I was now um, if you're if you're <laughs> Dell, if you're HP, Alienware, whatever, you've got engineers. They can say. We can run this on 500 watts, and you go. It's like, how's that possible? Right? Some of these things, are like it seems like they are just the absolute bare minimum, and that's because they have actual engineers going. You're going to put this hardware. Here's what you can hit. It'll be fine. We have this. We know this. This. You know, we have quality power supplies made by you know like Delta, right? So it's a good power supply. They know what you can do. You know, for me, average person. You go like, I don't know what I'm going to put in the machine. I also don't know the temperature. And remember, power supplies, as the room gets hotter, the efficiency goes down. So 650 is great in the winter. 650 with a TI overclock, with an overclock CPU, and all the other crap you're running on it, you may have issues. So I, I always like um, well, having extra. So Well, the thing with power supplies is you want to try to hit like that 40 to 60% usage range yeah. for the peak efficiency. Uh I was using a 650 watt power supply testing this, I believe, like I said, uh, and my whole system power draw, which again is not using an overclocked processor. It was using the overclocked EVGA card. Uh, the max that I saw was 313 watts for the entire system power. So that's right in there at that 50% for 650 watts. So, yeah, except, you know. Once we get to summer, but you know, I just think I like having a bigger power supply. So that's my recommendation for safety. But yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't live in the days where you need a 15 or 1600 watt power supply anymore. Those days are kind of gone. So it's like a, it's like a big block V8 almost. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Gordon. Another question, uh, from jam few tube, uh, asking, uh, have you seen any real DX 12 games or are they all uh, DX 11 conversions? Uh, ashes. Right, Ashes of Singularity is, is of course the premier DX12 demo. I mean, it's uh, the Microsoft else? games. The Microsoft games because oh. they're built 100 percent for DirectX 12 to run on Xbox and to run on Windows 10. Which, Gears which, of War and Forza are both great, man. Uh, well, <laughs> audio listeners cannot see Gordon's face right it, now, but it's does pretty it, precious. Does it really? Those I mean, games run great. And they look great. Yeah, I mean, but like to me, eighty percent of the excitement of DXL was like, you got eight cores, all these, all these, you know, got SMT. You get all this more. We ain't getting no more out of these. I, I, yep. I does Forza give you more if you have an eight core, sixteen thread part? Probably I have not. Not right? tested it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say survey says no, probably because I, <laughs> I tried Gears. You didn't get anything out of that game, so I think the the DX DX12 uh, dream. I still think I disagree. Twenty four months from now, it'll be a different world. Twenty four months, game development's a long cycle. So, I think there's always going to be. I mean, we might see some more DirectX twelve exclusive built for DirectX twelve eventually, but I think in PC gaming, 
DirectX 11 and DirectX 12 are going to live next to each other for a long time. Yeah. Because DirectX 11 makes it easy, and so many people still have Windows 7. So. Sure. I mean, DX11 will be around for a long time. But there, develop, game developers, especially on the PC, unlike the console, like to do like to do showcase technology things where they do awesome stuff. Like, you know, we're going to do one better than you, so we're going to do this or do that. So it'll it'll happen on the PC really quickly, I think. It'll just be like a, a well, like they turn the key. All right. You know, actually, you know, maybe we should get to the last segment. Well, yes, like, we oh should. My God. We should. We are going to get somebody's going to come through that door. And yell <laughs> That's us. what happens like when we wait so long between episodes. Yeah, right. I know. It's, it's been a while, right? A couple weeks. All, All right. right. Should we get to the questions? Yeah, let's do it. We got some Were there questions. Any, do we, well, let me get I got and I'm going to apologize for everybody. Because uh, <laughs> I get so much spam at the mailbox, it thought like, well, nobody's ever emailing us. We actually have a lot of email, so I'm going to give yes. some shout outs. I feel bad, too. Some of these are really old. Some of these are really old. Oh. Um, this is from Kev A. And the reason, the other reason we shouldn't actually use names is because we're going to mangle them. Kev A. God dang it. This is like that Sean Spicer imitation. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy does it. Uh, all right, Cave. Great job on the podcast. Please keep them coming. Thanks, everybody. Question is: There's some buzz around HP Elite X3 phone coming out, which will supposedly replace your laptop. Uh, unfortunately, phones such as this one won't run x86 apps and would be stuck with one. And one would be stuck with Windows 10 apps from the App Store. Do you cool. think we will ever see pocket PCs similar to the Elite X3, but with Intel chips? If so, when? Is that a conflict with Microsoft's interest and will they pursue virtualization and subscription services? Clearly, this uh, question is is from the past. Oh. We've used our time machine. I, I'll quickly answer it. Uh, no, hell no. Intel's given up on phones. Uh, they, they That all is, has been blown up. We will never see it. Microsoft is interested. In fact, they have done um, emulation of some sort with that new ARM chip from Qualcomm to actually run native, you know, Windows applications, desktop apps, but they're not actually x86. They're x86 emulator, right? I think mm-hmm. that demo they did. So yeah, they're interested in it. I, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I say just, just go out and get a, a, um, a tablet x86. The Galaxy uh, S8 that just came out has its little deck stock. Oh, you mean, and, yeah, uh, mean this work guy with right Microsoft here? to get office apps working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, I don't think that dream is the Surface Phone is probably never going to happen in a in a reasonable way that anybody will care about. So, because Intel's given up, and you know where else are going to get x eighty six and emulation as much as it looks cool. I don't, I can't believe it's ever going to. Microsoft's given up too. Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just oh God, my God, nine billion dollars. Think if they just need nine. Just think if Microsoft had taken like five hundred million dollars of that nine billion dollars they blew on Nokia. To, to like put into DX12 for God's sake, <laughs> we'd be having like you know six way SLI crossfire and like twenty four core CPUs. I just wanted a Nokia Android phone, man. That's all I wanted. All right, uh, this is from Alexis Rodriguez. In regards to shortage of uh, okay, this is all right. Blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm really wrong. <laughs> Holy smokes. I'm sorry. I'm going to give you a shout out because you sent the email. I didn't read it. Send us another one. I will read it next time, Alexis. Rodriguez. I know that sucks, doesn't it? 
Such oh, great. Gordon's the crusher of dreams. Just such great fan oh, acknowledgement man. here, right? Larry Froling. Oh. Building a new HTPC in one ITX form factor. Found a case that will take a full uh, and found a case that will take a full length GPU. Usage will mainly be movies, but moderate gaming as well. And am interested in VR as well. One, what GPU should I consider? I only game moderately 1080p, but do want 4K playback possibility and potential VR in the future. Two, is there a slimline optical drive that will support 4K HDR movies? I can answer two. Brad can answer one. Okay. Elena will tell you console. <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> Xbox Man, Man. I don't, so I don't, mean. I don't even see where that's coming from. I don't know. I just try. I to... mean, so the answer to number two is I'm just trolling. No, <laughs> that's slim. Uh, I got There's say... only one 4K <laughs> HDR Blu-ray player you can even buy an optical drive for PCs right now, right? Uh, actually, they're just starting to come out. Um, this, and I will say, in Cyber Cyberlink Media has their. Uh, HDR 4K. Now, I'm going to say this so that it's fair. So you can run 4K HDR on a PC now, but the checklist is a little longer than what it takes to take off in the space shuttle. You basically (laughs) need uh, a specific Intel motherboard with HDMI 2.0A and Intel SXT support. You need a KB Lake processor only, will not work on Skylake. In fact, I think you need certain level of KB Lake processor to work. And, of course, you then uh, need CyberLink uh, media player. And you need a certain, there's a there's a full height uh, uh, desktop optical drive in there actually is, I don't think it's quite slimline, but it is. it, it actually did look like it was a slimline because it was in a portable USB. Once you do all that, you can then play... Uh, an HDR movie, which I think you could do oh. on a $100 console. I mean, you can still just rip your videos in and not worry about that copy protection, right? If you already own the DVD or whatever. Yeah, but you want HDR. HDR, um, right now, the, the content protect the content protection is is, is pretty yeah. insane. So, really, that's... I gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it as a build. I wanna build an HDR 4K um, capable PC, but yeah, I would probably say go out and get a Samsung or a, an Xbox, whatever... Doesn't the new Xbox play Xbox HDR? Xbox One S. Yeah, the One S. I mean, does it do HDR? No, I think both yep. do. See, I can... Yeah. Yeah. No way. Both do? No, the PlayStation does not do 4K. Well, it does not It does 4K and it does HDR, but it doesn't do 4K movies. Yeah. I mean, most, both versions of the Xbox One. I thought that the they original, patched that in. The original Xbox One does not support no? Oh, okay. it. No. Oh, and actually, sorry, that's and Scott as, Johnston that sent that. As far as the graphics card go, <laughs> I was going to go ahead and recommend a 1050, a GTX 1050 or 1050 Ti until you got to the part about VR readiness. Um, if you want to play VR, you're going to need a 480 or a 1060 at the minimum. Um, depending how thick your case is, uh, you might want to look more closely because, like we were talking about earlier, the 1060 uses a lot less power, generates a lot less heat. Than the 480. So if you're using a slim home theater PC case, you might want to go in that direction rather than the 580. Okay. Now this one is from Larry. <clears throat> Two questions. Are you hey, sure? He says, yeah, because I have no idea. <laughs> hi, hi, nerd. Two questions. I've been thinking about replacing my 2010 box rig. I was uh, wondering if you might think it worthwhile to wait for the Zen release with a hopeful competition. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah, these uh, are old, huh? Yeah, they are a little old. Clearly, also new build would be oh, for Lord. more for training that would vert- use VM 
Yeah, uh, I may run four to five uh, virtual machines with a well web web browsing, sixteen gigs. Yeah, is <laughs> uh, I would say um, seventeen hundred, kind of like that. Be my preference. What do you guys think for running all those virtual machines? Definitely over, yeah. uh, or, or definitely over a, a KB Lake Park because you're not getting. Yeah, you want more now. cores, right? You yeah. want more cores for all those VMs. More cores, <laughs> as much you know, as much RAM as you can throw at it, so you can dedicate more RAM to them. Yeah. Yeah. So the Ryzen 700 series really seems like a sweet spot. Unless you're looking to keep it cheap, and then I would say, you know, the 1600 still gives you six cores for 210. Yeah. Definitely. But 1700, great buy. Okay, I'm going to keep moving here because we've got to go. <laughs> hurry, hurry. Oscar and you, hello, friends. Uh, looking at these videos, what laptop does Gordon use? Uh, probably when you were watching this, I was using the Pixel Chromebook. This this that everybody says is a Mac. Look, man, <laughs> HP. Can you do this on your Mac? No, HP. So. Uh, you wouldn't bring it back again. <laughs> yeah, and you get, actually you can. You can take. People don't know this. If you have a MacBook Air, there's a mode. It, Apple doesn't tell you about it. You can take it. It'll go all the way back to about here. I know it's gonna. It just stops. But if you keep pushing on that MacBook Air, it will do that. <laughs> Don't don't the and lawyers then are you calling break me right it. now. Yes, do don't do, do don't do that. That's just a joke. <laughs> I'm just trolling you. <laughs> Wait, okay, sorry. At first, I was like, oh, this I'm about to learn something. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, come I, on. I used a MacBook Air at my last job. I already knew that he was going to troll. <laughs> well, I just, also, it's Gordon. So come on, I'm just having fun here, guys. I broke my MacBook Air. <laughs> it's fun for you. That's much for the person who actually tries it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I know Sai's uh, got a question. All right. Sai has a question. Uh, Nudson, Lotto family. Leroy says, hey, good show. Love it. From Toronto, Canada. We know. A boot. Right? Um, Hi, I play a lot of Battlefield 1 multiplayer, and I would like to know if upgrading to an 8-core CPU would actually improve gameplay slash frames per second for that game. I currently have a Z87 Ford, uh, Haswell 4770K overclocked to 4.3, 16 gigs of 1600 DDR3, GTX 1080 SLI, Brad, and uh, 950 <laughs> Pro, and a, a 1440p 144 hertz panel. That's a nice setup, man. Mm -hmm. Robert Scott wrote that battlefield one loves threads so i mean if you toss threads at it it will get better but i don't think that an upgrade would be very cost efficient with what you've already got going that's a good setup and that's a 4770 you said yeah, or something yeah. like 47.7k so that's already eight threads so yeah I that's mean, a nice box i i don't know what you would do to improve that that's maybe op optane <laughs> well he's got a nice <laughs> 950 know, kidding, pro We'll talk about Optane soon. We can't talk about it yet. But nice. I don't know what I, I would. Yeah, I don't think it would be worth it. No, it, it would not. It's not worth it to buy a new motherboard. You'd have to buy new RAM because it's DDR4 now. And to buy the new processor, that would it would not make it. You wouldn't see enough of a gain to make all that worthwhile. Yeah. The only I guess maybe the one caveat if they're streaming to Twitch, right? You know, and you're having problems yeah. with your, your Haswell part doing it. But. Haswell is still a damn good part, you know, so it's hard to recommend tossing that in the garbage to, to do more cores unless you are doing video editing then. But if for gaming, no, no hard to reference. Oh, and last one, actually, this is from Leroy Newton family. 
Uh, loving this audio episode. I planted the Sound Blaster flag early. Every desktop I've ever owned since 1985 has a, has had a Sound Blaster card. Is this actually from Sound Blaster? I suspect he works there. I lived through IRQ <laughs> conflicts. Oh, yeah, those were fun. With the Sound Blaster ISA card and dual booting Windows. Oh, my God. Windows OS 2 computer. My old Sound Blaster Live Platinum was in a box somewhere in the garage. Mine's on a shelf. When Windows 10 came along, I ran unofficial Sound Blaster drivers for my present Sound Blaster card for months until the official release came. Wow, this guy's hardcore. I'm also one of those folks who gets sick sick trying to do 3D. Oh, man. Okay. Side scrollers only. Nice. I've got actually got a couple of Sound Blaster devices in one external and one internal sound card that I'm, I've had for a while now, but it's gotten derailed by Rise and Windows 10 and Radeon. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to be testing that as a gamer. Are sound cards worth it as a gamer, as someone who's always used motherboard audio? So hopefully I'll have that up here soon. Okay, last question. We're going to let Cy take it out. Once take it know? out, Cy. Do you recommend... Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Do you recommend flashing the 400 series... GPU to get the 500 series performance. I personally say no. Would love to hear what you think. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. It popped up over the past day or two. Uh, basically, the 480 and the 580 and the 470 and 570 are basically the same chip, right? So people are taking 580 BIOSes and flashing them on their 480 cards to basically transform it into a 580. Uh, which sounds great. You get more performance, right? Uh, but there are a lot of caveats to that. I wouldn't rush out and do that because the new 580 cards use a lot more power and more voltage. And part of the problem with the original, the first wave at least, not problem, the first wave at least of uh, 480s is that they couldn't overvolt much and they couldn't push that much more power. So if you have one of those cards and you flash this BIOS to it that suddenly jacks up the power usage and the voltage, there's a decent chance that you're going to have a very bad time. And if you're not using a graphics card that has dual BIOSes, uh, it could be a very, very, very bad time if you have troubles reinstalling your original BIOS. So unless you really, 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 really know what you're doing, I would not whatsoever do that. If you are going to do that and you do really, really know what you're doing, I would only do it if you already have like one of the high-end, super custom, very cooled RX 480s. And you want to flash it with a BIOS from a high-end, super custom, you know, RX 580. But you're getting into some potentially dangerous territories with that stuff. And, and one thing I want to add, too, because I, 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 I do think there, is, there should be, this should be spoken. It's the unspoken overclocking rule. It's like if you are going to take this risk and blow that hardware up, don't try to make it like, oh, it died. I don't know what happened, right? Because that's what everybody does. They bring it back to the store. They call up whoever makes the car and say, it just blew up. I don't know what happened. That's sort of like, you got to be honest about that. If you're going to take that risk and, and kill brick whatever that is, don't try to, don't don't put it over the hardware vendor. Just just eat it yourself and be honest. At least say, hey, I killed the card. Can you guys reflash this or something? So, which I'm sure they can do at the factory, but mm-hmm. you yourself. A lot of people, know. a lot of people are having success doing it, but I think there's a lot of risk there. And the 580 series uses so much more power and only gets that three or four frames per second that I don't think the risk to reward balance is there. Or you could just print out a sticker and put it on the, the cart too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, I think that's the last one. Oh, my God, it's been an hour and a half. We are going to yeah. I'm so hungry. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's lunchtime here on the West Coast. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to take us out unless any... Nope, nope. No, no. Let's do it. Okay, check back in two weeks for your fix of PC Talk and the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions, and I will read them within a reasonable amount of time. Please do not use subject line, I have an offer from Nigeria for you. To the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Once again, the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. I will actually start checking it, not thinking it's spam. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Elena Yee. Bye, everyone. And taking us out, Adam Patrick Murray. Be cool. Be cool.